Hi, this is Sam Wargill and welcome to this month's Living and Working Abroad live webinar uh, for expatriates um, working abroad, living abroad, retired abroad and investing overseas. Uh, one of our big features is EU Brexit for expats, but this month we've got, been running a special feature on our podcasts on our, which is available through SoundCloud and, and Apple, on our blogs on prepartnership.com, uh, features about Happy New Tax Year. So no man is an island and no land is an island. <clears throat> uh, everything's part of the continent or part of the main. And, and if a piece of land falls off Europe, then we're all the lesser. Um, apart from if that counts towards Brexit, depending upon who you feel. The EU Commission are quite miffed about the EU, uh, the UK leaving the EU, um, and maybe some other people are as well. Um, in 1961, um, the British did a deal with the Cypriots to take sovereign land in the island of Cyprus, which will remain on the island of Cyprus, but outside the EU after Brexit. Um, Ireland and England have got a long history uh, together, um, covered by the 1949 Ireland Act, which governs trade and free movement between the two countries, uh, many years before the UK and Ireland joined the EU. And this will form the basis of, of, of trade and movement uh, after the time. Gibraltar uh, was taken over by the English and becoming a British overseas territory from 1783. So going back uh, um, <clears throat> over 150 years that uh, Spain lost this uh, Gibraltar. But Gibraltar isn't an island. It is actually part of the Spanish mainland connected by a peninsula. It's a very, very thorny issue. The Spanish have got a, a, a veto potentially in the EU Brexit negotiations to, you know, over the sovereignty of Gibraltar. Uh, but the good news is uh, in the new tax year, the new spring, uh, the, the Spanish have said um, that they're quite happy to maintain the status quo and find an agreement with the, the UK. And the, the agreement that's coming up is that potentially the um, the airport of Gibraltar, which is on the Gibraltar sovereign territory, is to be handed over to the Spanish and therefore remains within the EU. And therefore it gives a landing space for Gibraltarians to come and go within the EU uh, without the inconvenience of border controls. And it also gives the foundation of a, a working arrangement because many Spanish people live in Spain and travel to Gibraltar to work in its financial centre there. And so the seeds of agreement uh, are being concluded with a very thorny Brexit issue of uh, Gibraltar and Spain and the UK. Um, and you know the same similar sorts of arrangements should be made between traditional allies using traditional agreements and historic relationships with Cyprus and Ireland. If the EU can find ways to accommodate 
the city-states of Monaco, Vatican, San Marino, Andorra, and Lechenstein, along with Gibraltar, some of the um, most infamous uh, tax havens within the EU structure, within the EU continent, along with Ireland, who were ordered last year to uh, claim 13 billion of back tax from Apple uh, for, for uh, over a generous tax treatment. Um, if the EU can find accommodation with all those states to allow free movement and free trade and accommodation within the, the mainland, within Europe, um, then we should find the same sort of accommodation as possible with, with the UK. Which takes us back to 1752. Um, I've skipped Waterloo there. We did an interesting article on that 200 years ago. Um, in 1752, the calendar was changed from a Georgian, from the Julian to the Georgian calendar, and, and this uh, changed the new year from April uh, to December. And uh, so when we start April now, we start with the Big Easter Festival, and in many traditions, it's as big an event as, as Christmas, but the reason for that is because traditionally, for centuries, this was the new year time. So when spring starts, it's the start of the new year, and, and literally in the UK, it's the start of the new, uh, new tax year. And so uh, with tax returns being due, due in countries like uh, Cyprus in April as well, we're featuring uh, what new tax arrangements available this year for, for expert expats living and working abroad, and, and with half an eye on, on EU Brexit for expats. If anyone owns any assets with fixed income in the UK, uh, a property rental, a holiday rental, or, or a business paying dividends, then those taxes are paid in, 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 the, in the UK. The proposals from the UK to start taxing royalties at source, so that uh, uh, somebody owning a UK company paying royalties abroad uh, the expat will have to consider how we can better avoid uh, a UK tax of source in the coming years. Uh, one arrangement that's changed straight away is on UK buy-to-let. If you own buy-to-let property in the UK as an individual, uh, up until last year, you could get full uh, relief on any mortgage interest that you're paying. But now those commercial landlords are finding that their tax relief is being limited to a 20% basic rate. That means that their, their, their tax could go up by 25% uh, on, 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 their, on their UK property rentals. So expats owning property in the UK um, with mortgages should consider uh, taking those properties into a company structure, a, a UK company would do, where they'd be able to get all their mortgage interest relief and potentially save 25% tax, as well as providing a vehicle for inheritance tax planning in the future as well. In Cyprus, um, there's no new taxes in 2018, but um, there's always change. Cyprus tax is going completely online which is very interesting because the tax 
returns due by the end of this weekend can't be submitted because the online tax system isn't working. Um, all individuals, companies and VAT payers in Cyprus now need to be registered to submit tax returns online, you can't do it any other way, and be ready to do the returns when the system is upgraded in the next month or two. Meanwhile, any tax that is due for savings taxes on property rental overseas or bank interest or uh, on uh, income should be paid in the normal way by, by, by June this year. Uh, an interesting change that in 2015 uh, an allowance was made that expats don't have to pay any tax on, on savings. Uh, meaning they could save up to 30%. This is a big tax saving for expats and everybody's jumped into that. Uh, but the tax system has caught up and uh, now people are being assessed uh, for that 30% tax, even though they're expats, because they haven't submitted a domicile questionnaire to prove that they haven't got uh, uh, an entitlement to pay this 30% tax in Cyprus. So to pay 0% tax, any expat should be now submitting a non-domicile questionnaire. Um, you may not hear about it now, you may hear about it in five years or when you're selling property or when you're doing a probate for a family member. But the non-domicile questionnaire needs to be submitted to prove that you don't have to pay the 30% tax. Um, <clears throat> which is very, very interesting uh, because Cyprus has got a legal definition of domicile. So if you want to choose to change your domicile from your home country, from the UK, which is a 40% inheritance tax regime, you could do very well to prove and choose a domicile of Cyprus, but then you'd have to pay the 30% savings tax. Depending on your circumstance, that could be a very good thing. Um, <clears throat> this year in the UK, um, inheritance tax relief has gone up, so now a married couple can get an additional £125,000 of, of relief, um, meaning um, a, a married couple can set, an, an individual in the UK can save uh, an extra uh, £45,000 in inheritance tax um, on death if they have a residential property in the UK to give uh, to their blood relatives. So that's a big question because if you're non-resident and if you're letting that property out on a commercial basis, you will not get this residential rate relief. If you're not married, you won't get that residential rate relief. Um, you can still get that, that, that relief in a way using a corporation, depending on how you, you structure and make that arrangement. Um, so expats should consider, like uh, commercial investors on UK property, holding the, the UK property in a, in a company or in, a, in an offshore trust fund. This would also give the family uh, protection from care home fees in the UK, uh, divorce or, or bankruptcy. Um, so to get the additional 45,000 per person, 90,000 per couple uh, inheritance tax relief, 
um, anybody investing in, in UK property should consider using trusts or companies to hold UK assets. Another big change uh, on the tax front is on social insurance. Now many expats ask me after Brexit what will be the social insurance arrangements? Well there's three big changes for this year. Um, many countries around the world have bilateral agreements on social insurance. So where you are working is where you're generally supposed to pay your social insurance. But even within the EU, each country is different and each country has its own rates of social insurance, its own rates of benefit and its own rates of healthcare. And this is at the core for the British high net contributors to the EU of the cost of their generous healthcare to, to migrant uh, EU workers with free access to come into the UK to live and work. <clears throat> Those bilateral agreements with the UK, with countries like Cyprus and Greece and, and Spain existed before the EU and, and they will have to be re-signed after the EU. At the moment, to the end of the transitional period, uh, there'll be no change in the, the, the arrangements. So under <clears throat> all EU member states are signed up to a single social welfare agreement that uh, means that all 28 members are, are operating under one agreement with, with the different systems within those. But Cyprus will, has um, <clears throat> bilateral social welfare agreements with countries like Serbia um, <clears throat> and, and Russia independent of, of um, uh, uh, and, and excluding the EU. So these type of arrangements will be the things going forward. We won't know more about that until those agreements are brought forward, until they're openly declared and discussed. And, and there's changes coming in 2019 for UK social welfare after Brexit in March 2019. And those changes will be give us a better insight then as to how expats will be affected on um, after EU Brexit. So British expats living and working abroad will get a clearer idea after the November 2018 budget of what the likely arrangements are going to be on medical, pension and welfare benefits and the new bilateral agreements between the UK and other countries around the world. Um, which is quite important because one of the things that has already been introduced in 2018 in the UK is they've introduced an employer levy. So uh, 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 the UK, as an immigration policy, say that any uh, non-EU worker coming to the UK and employed by uh, a non-skilled worker employed by a British company has to pay a thousand pound levy a year to take on that employee. Now, Clearly, that's a big disincentive for UK companies to employ non-EU skilled workers. There's an exemption, and uh, this is where the UK are pitching themselves, that if you've got a PhD, you can come from anywhere in the world and go work for the UK without penalty to your, to your employer. But the £1,000 levy could well be extended 
after the end of the transitional period, definitely, and possibly from 2019, um, by the UK to all um, expat workers uh, working for employers. And this could affect the employment of people, um, uh, EU expats living and working in the UK. It won't impact people already in, in the UK by the 29th of March 2019 because it's already been agreed that everybody who is in the UK before that date will have a right to remain and a right to settle without penalty. So this, this um, they will be treated as British citizens after that date and this levy will not apply to EU expats living and working in the UK prior to, to Brexit on the 29th of March. Further reinforced by the political thing, the recent uh, thing about the treatment of the British and the Caribbean people over the last few years where paperwork wasn't right from 30 years ago and they started to deport British people to foreign countries even though they never lived and they'd been born and brought up in the UK uh, because they didn't have the right paperwork. So. Uh, the British have been caught short on that and you know they will find a new way but that will be with a world view and not with the view of trying to manage their health budget within the EU and but that's actually taken a turn within the within the EU as well because they've agreed this month uh, to cut out social dumping so there, there's a trade where employers uh, from locust countries will provide contract workers into a high social insurance cost company country so high social insurance costs in, in uh, Holland Netherlands Sweden and France um, are being exploited by contract workers coming from for example Poland where the majority of, of migrant workers in the EU come from and and uh, uh, paying uh, not just lower social insurance based upon their contract work in their home country but also being subject to lower minimum earnings so uh, the minimum earnings in UK and, and France is higher than in Poland and 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 they pay higher taxes as well whereas uh, lower work lower paid minimums from Estonia Poland Bulgaria uh, with lower welfare costs allow contract workers to come into the e EU providing driving services for example uh, now that has been outlawed so uh, from uh, 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 the, the, the new rules will say that if you're working in the UK if you're working in Cyprus if you're working in France you're paying the social insurance costs of that country even if you're just driving a lorry through and, and going back to live in uh, Warsaw at the end of your, your working week. That's five items so far and I hope this is not too dry. There's actually a sixth uh, expat one we've covered already but on the happy new tax year all Cyprus tax returns are online. Uh, we said that they've been delayed but you need to get registered. So if you haven't got registered and you need help, Proact Expatriate Advice offer a service, so contact us through our website, 
parrotpartnership.com slash contact hyphen us. Um, part of the reason for the Cypriots to be rushing towards a full online tax service is of course there's automatic exchange of information. So any income and savings and earnings and dividends, any financial statements from a tax office or an employer or a bank or a rental company in 2017 has been gathered up in the tax returns this spring uh, for a happy new 2019 because in September each year the countries on an international basis exchange data between their tax officers. So any income that's uh, earned in the UK will be shared to the Cyprus tax office. Any income in the Cyprus tax office will be shared with the Spanish tax office or the German tax office or the Swedish tax office and so on. So they've got the potential to find out about all the different types of income. And, and so we always say that the, the best way to fill out a tax return so you can sleep at night is to declare all your income, do what you can to manage how much tax you pay. We talked about buying to let in the UK, uh, using trusts to gift property uh, and protect yourself from savings taxes and property rental taxes and, and social insurance payments, but, but declare it fully. Uh, and with your worldwide tax return and all your income declared on that, you're never going to have an assessment coming out of the woodwork from your home, or an inquiry from your home country or, or, or your tax resident country at any time in the future. It's always more expensive to pay late. So declare fully and, and, and plan ahead to protect your assets, to protect your income, because exchange of information is here already and, the ta and it's already on its way to your tax office and to your home country for September this year. And, and using that is a way to save 30% savings tax in Cyprus and uh, to save 40% inheritance tax in the UK. Um, to use a, a, a property trust to hold property, to hold company shares for the family, to protect your spouse, to protect your loved ones, to protect your children and to minimise uh, inheritance tax down the generations and, and to ensure that the products of your wealth creation in your business are, are uh, passed on to your children and your grandchildren and not to, to the taxman. Um, remember that you've got a big choice to make with Cyprus. You can prove legally a domicile of choice, but in doing that, you've got a 30% savings tax. So organising your assets can protect yourself from that 30% savings tax and then protect you from UK 40% inheritance tax. These are the broader issues um, that have come up in our happy new tax year. Uh, not many changes to uh, taxes and arrangements, but technology interfacing with governments, regulation increasing, um, knowledge increasing, so that they can better able to ensure and verify that your tax return is correct. 
if you own property, you own savings, you own investments, you own a business, you've got a job, then generally, unfortunately, uh, death of taxes are, are, are facing us all. So let's do it properly so we can enjoy each day, have a happy new tax year and, uh, and, and enjoy our cruises, enjoy our the sun and enjoy the windy weather, um, closing the back doors and contact us. Now we'll launch a copy of this webinar soon so you'll be able to find that. And don't forget to follow our weekly podcast at the same, uh, which is launched on Apple iTunes or SoundCloud. But go to our website for free guides and free downloads. We'll be launching a, a guide summarising our Happy New Tax Year with all this information condensed. Uh, if you prefer to read it, then listen to me. So you can watch back, listen back, uh, see excerpts on our video, uh, on our podcast. Uh, read the blogs and uh, if you need any help or inquiries uh, or discuss any point, ask uh, product expatriate advice, expat experts and, and we'll come back to you as quickly as we can to give you that information. Thank you for your time, thank you for watching, it's been so much fun, I love tax so much, I hope you've enjoyed this very, very, very dry subject and uh, you can rejoice in uh, an exciting year of EU Brexit and the happy uh, tax changes that are going to be going ahead for expats living and working abroad in Europe and in the UK. Thank you very much. Good night.